The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 45 of the MX Vice Show. It's amazing how two weeks in motocross, everything can change. I'm James Burfield of MX Vice, and with me is MX Vice editor Lewis Phillips and Rob from Jukebox Beats. Today's show is brought to you by Fly Racing, Liap, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Brox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, and Talon Engineering. As you know, we are working with Fly Racing this year on the podcast show. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. So, Lewis. So, James. What an interesting two weeks. I mean, two weeks ago, we were talking about how Hurlins had literally just walked away with this. Geyser, we just, we, I was smashing the panic button. What do we know? Everything's changed. Yeah, obviously, we haven't done a podcast, have we, since Fienza 2 and Fienza 3. So, which actually made those races feel like years ago at this point. Like, I can't actually believe, to think I was in Italy a week and one day ago is bizarre, because it generally feels like I've been in lockdown again for another six months. But, um, yeah, after Hernan's got injured, there was a lot of talk in the paddock about how I had clearly jinxed him by basically sitting on the podcast after Fienza 1 and saying that, the championship was over, and that was it. But I do genuinely believe the championship was over. Like, like Hurlins was sixty points up. What are you gonna do with that? And it was, uh, it was just, it, it was actually in free practice. Was it? Was it free practice time practice? Uh, practice. Wow. And obviously, as everybody's seen on on social media, that you know, an air ambulance taking him to hospital. Oh, did anyone see that on social media? Did someone post a? Did someone post like a video of that? I don't think it was a video, but oh. it was uh, mentioned. And oh, okay. um, obviously, everybody thought the worst. And the, the fact that he was able to walk out the hospital is uh, is a real relief. Yeah, obviously, it was two weeks ago now, so we don't need to go into too much detail with it. But the one thing I do want to get across, like I really do want to get this across, is there's a lot of like, oh, of course, Herlin's got injured. Oh, it's, this is the Herlin's thing. This is what he does. I kind of don't want. I don't want to hear anyone kind of saying that sort of stuff because this was actually like very serious. So I kind of almost feel uncomfortable with people making those jabs and jokes and stuff because by all accounts, like you say, the fact that he could walk out of the hospital was actually a miracle. You don't get 
air, air ambulance out of a race for no reason. So there was definitely a sombre mood that Wednesday as people were trying to figure out what was actually going to be the outcome. But he got feeling back and, yeah, seems to be kind of okay. But he's got another MRI this week or beginning of next week. Or coming up anyway. You sounded very serious then. I actually thought that you were offering to take people outside and fight them. No, no, genuinely. Because gen- genuinely, genuinely, like obviously our Twitter, obviously you get everyone's like flooded in with their opinions and stuff. And just like, I don't know, like it kind of made me feel a bit uneasy. Like, I'm, don't, don't get me wrong, I'll joke with the best of them. I'm, I don't care. I'm more than happy to have a laugh. But like, it genuinely made me feel a bit uneasy because like this was genuinely quite serious. So like, I don't know, just made me feel a bit uneasy. So obviously you've, you've, you've been, been back from Italy a week in, and now you're just getting ready to go again. Yeah, same, I've literally, I've got the same flight to the same airport and I'm picking up the same rental car from the same company at the same time. <laughs> Deja vu or Groundhog Day? Well, like I say, it would actually, it'd probably be quite like annoying going back to Italy, but I feel like I've been home for like a year. So what's your, uh, your, your thought process? Because obviously you've done two of these back-to-back, you know, GPs now over, over a week. Is the Wednesday a bit too soon, or would you like to see the just a Sunday and Sunday, or, or you, you're happy because there's just so many races? Um, well, I can say that basically Latvia, everyone was like high five. Well, not high fiving. COVID can't do that. Everyone was like metaphorically high fiving because like, oh, we're back to races. This is amazing. We're getting it done. We're here. Blah blah blah. I feel like that. What is that? The novelty of it had kind of worn off a little bit in Fienza. Like you started to hear people going, oh, triple headers are a lot. Like, oh. So I think teams and riders would maybe prefer Sunday and Sunday. I think that is kind of where the general consensus is there. Myself personally, I can say some, the first Sunday, absolutely buzzing off the tits. Like, very excited. Let's do this. Uh, Wednesday in Fienza, absolutely buzzing off my tits. I was like, let's do this. This is going to be great. Sunday morning in Fienza, Sunday, second Sunday in Fienza, I walked up to pit lane, looked out to the track, and I was like, I genuinely feel like I've done this before. (laughs) 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 So I was literally like, I genuinely, I was actually like, I had a moment where I kind of went a bit stir crazy because I was like, I genuinely feel like I'm retracing my steps exactly but that's i'd actually be interested to find out like because obviously supercross had it much worse they did seven races in three weeks in the same location but i would imagine because the track completely was bulldozed every time and like rebuilt or not bulldozed it was quite similar at points but still because it was so different each time different time of day uh, different track different sections i guess they didn't get that groundhog day feeling because it always had something different about it. Whereas Fienza especially, they they couldn't change anything. So I do think Mantova will be better though, because Mantova is like, I don't know, it's not a man-made track in the sense of what you'd think of like Indonesia and stuff, but it is, I don't know, I don't even know how you describe it. Because it's not, if I say man-made track, people think of what we have in Indonesia and stuff. It's not that. Although if it was sandy, it probably would. I mean, if it wasn't sandy, it would probably kind of go that sort of direction. But I think there's more scope for them to like flatten a section and rebuild it or change things in um, Mantova. So, yeah. The one thing I remember about Mantova was just the extreme heat from the GP you went to, was it three years ago? Yeah. Wow. And well, it's supposed to be warm again this weekend, isn't it? No, the weather's constantly changing. Um, I've been watching it closely. Uh, unfortunately, the rain clouds are moving into the Mantova region. 
Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, this week is basically non-stop rain by the looks of things. Yesterday, it said we were going to have thunderstorms on Saturday and Sunday. Now it's sunny, so that's good. Okay. Uh, I guess, to be fair, all we really care about is the Sunday, don't we? I mean, good luck to the MX riders, but as long as we have good conditions for the Sunday, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, actually now, it again looks like it could be fine for the rest of the week, but there's definitely rain kind of hovering around. Originally, it looked like it was going to be another hot one, but it's like 20, 18 degrees, 20 degrees now, so cooler. So being at the GPs and obviously, did did the mood change with um, what what were the riders? Obviously, they're sad to see sort of Jeffrey out of the out of the championship race now, but you know the the Geysers, the Carolis, Prados, um, you know Jazakonis, uh, see see what would did their mentality change with the momentum shift? I almost expected to see more of that because. I as soon as Herlin's got injured, the first like comments were started spiking up in a paddock were, oh, you're gonna see people going crazy now because like doors open. But I don't think feel like we really had that. But equally I feel like the track was kind of to blame because you started you almost started where you finished, so there wasn't really the room for someone to go bonkers and like charge ridiculously hard. So no, that's like everyone just kind of said. It's motocross, like it sucks. Motocross, wishing well. Motocross is hard sport. And I even said to Geyser, I interviewed Geyser the Wednesday that Hurlins got injured, and he was. I said to him, like, obviously that sucks. Um, and he was like, yeah, yeah, that's motocross. It's like tough sport. It can happen to anyone. And I said, well, you know that better than anyone because your Latvia crash could have quite easily been just as bad. You were lucky to go away from that one. Like you could have quite easily been in the same situation. And I don't think he really appreciated that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a nice little pick me up well no it's, um, true. it's true though like because he said like motocross is i can't remember what his words were exactly but he said like motocross is hard like you need luck on your side and it's like well yeah like because hurling didn't get didn't escape his one but and geyser could have quite easily ended up injured in his latvia one so it is like well, you see it all the time some people bounce some people don't and uh obviously it's successful for ktm having uh you know three wins basically yeah, actually, three riders, three wins. It's kind of more of a should be made into more of a story, shouldn't it? It should have, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a great story to tell. <laughs> three three different races and three different riders on the same brand. Well, even more interesting is that we had a rider win the overall with a two two at two rounds in a row. I kind of wanted to look into that and see if that's ever happened before, but I didn't. Yeah, the the one thing I I, I kind of was interested in is that Caroli. One obviously the the one race was just in Latvia, but the rest of the time it's it's been you know two two or or three three or he's actually leading the championship with only winning one race. As a stat man, when was the last time that happened? What you mean winning one race is in one moto? One moto, yeah, yeah. But don't we know what you always say? Well, we're eight rounds in, and he's only won one race. Yeah, but why have not even won an overall? No, but he's has, he has picked up six wins. Jesus. <laughs> it is, no, it is actually a surprise that guys hasn't won an overall yet. Like, eight rounds in, who would have thought? And actually, ja- a Japanese manufacturer hasn't won an overall yet. Well, Tim was close in um, uh, Valkensvard. But obviously, obviously Herlin's had the second 
he could have won in um he could have won Latvia free if his bike hadn't broke. Like he's been close a lot. Just funny how it works out, isn't it? He hasn't he hasn't won one yet. But I'd imagine he will get one in Mantova. If he hasn't won one by the end of Mantova, then I will like start to raise my eyebrow more. It's only gently raised at the moment. With um I mean, you, you were talking earlier on this year about we will see uh Prado. We're not sure what he would do, what whether he'll win a race and and everything else. You don't have to go through the pleasantries. You can just call me a genius. I'll take that straight out. It's fine. Well, he's 48 points down mm-hmm. on Caroli. Yeah, you watch. And he's mm-hmm. he's starting to look good. Yeah. I don't know what you want me to say. I've said it all before. If he wins this title, I expect something to be done in my honour. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. A parade? A banner, maybe? Like maybe when the, when if Prado wins this title, when they run onto the start straight with his championship banner, maybe you could be what there with a banner for me saying, "Wow, look at your prediction." This has got to be really exciting for riders like Prado and for for Siwa, who who were kind of looking at this thinking, "We've got a really good opportunity now. Then we're not out of it massively in points. We can we can work with this." It, do you do you think Jeremy's looking at this thinking? I've got an opportunity here. No, Jeremy was always looking. Even at the start of the season, Jeremy wanted to be world champion. He had no interest in finishing second off. He he basically had zero interest in finishing third in the championship. Like that would not have done it for him. He would have he would have been. This is his words in the off season. He would have been content with second again. But going backwards has never been in his um, interest. Because actually, he does improve every year. Like, even in MX2, he climbs, he climbs, he climbs, he climbs. Or at least plateaus. So, he either wanted to go up or at least stay on the level he was this year. But obviously, obviously, a lot of people, such as yourself, never looked at him in that way. But I'm oh, like Prado, I'm here flying that banner as well. Jesus Christ. You want to go careful because you might not be the get out of that room you're in at the moment because your head's going to swell. It's, well, I'm not going to lie to you. I have taken some grief this year over my predictions. Every single one of them is coming true at the moment. Every single one of them. Yep. Every single one. Do you want me to run through Cold North's motor scores? <laughs> six, six, nine, seven, two, one, seven, DNF, seven, six, seven, eight, six, five, eight, five. Is there an opportunity coming up for him? All I'm just give me a bit of credit. Everything I predicted, I said Prado could win the championship next year. It could maybe it could happen this year. He's already proven he's on that trajectory. Said Sewer's better than people give him credit for. Okay, do you want to go into February? What about what did I say? What did I say about him? I think you said that he's going to be awesome. Uh, he has been. I, I don't know if I said awesome. That sounds a bit over the top, but he's been bloody good. Okay. It's amazing that I've been on this planet for 25 years and I've not once been wrong. <laughs> right, what are the chances? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, do it this way. Do it this way. You percent split up the percentages. Who like give each in, in your mind, completely your opinion, give each rider a percentage of what do you think the likelihood of them taking a championship this year is? Obviously out uh... of 100%. Well, I would go with. Hmm. I would go first. Okay. You'll copy me. Okay, I'll split. This is where I'd go now. 
Yeah, now I'm not. I'm not asking you to. Okay, uh, Crowley oh. thirty. Yep. Geyser thirty. Yep. Seaworth twenty. Yep. Prado twenty. Oh, very boring of you. Yeah. How is your fence? Uh, it's very straight at the moment. I wait. So you're not giving anyone else. You're not giving anyone else a percentage. No, it's between not... them though. Okay. So what's why aren't you on the you were on the cold north train? Have you stepped off? Yeah. You're not even going to give him one percent. No. He's only fifty-two points down, and so is Jazakonis actually. Well, do you know what? I, I can't write anybody off because two weeks ago we were talking about how Hurlins is literally just going to dominate this series and it's done. So who knows? It's motocross. Brilliant Great sport in the world. So basically, shut this podcast off now. Watch the race and we'll see what happens. Yeah, we're done. Right, okay. Talk Why me through your go? percentages then. I will. I have gone publicly already. Uh, mine are out there, so I guess I better stick them. Uh, guys are thirty-five. Caroli thirty. What did I say? I think I said Sua. What did I say? Oh, I can't remember what I said. Wait, hold on. I need a calculator. Well, your, your maths is sixty-five percent. Yeah, now. I need a calculator. I said guys are 35, Crowley 30, Sewer 20, Prado 15. But I don't, remember, I don't feel like I would have wanted to give Prado 15%. I want, I've always said that I'll give him 10. Um, so imagine- basically, you just said that. You spoke to Jeremy. Jeremy's turned around and said he's going for a, no, no, you know, a win. No- Second is not good, yet you only see him as third in the, in the title race now. Okay, you've completely got the wrong end of the stick. Of it. First of all, I spoke to him in November. I was retracing what he said in November there. And you can't, you can't, I'm not, this isn't like, this isn't like, um, what would you say? Predictions for, um. Yeah, we just said title chances and, and you basically say he's got a 20% chance. This is percentage likeliness based on current points and current events. But obviously you're going to give, oh, this is what I went. 40%. Geyser, 35% Caroli, 15% Sewer, 10% Prado. 10% Prado? Yep. He's on the outside looking in, but I'm, I'm, I'm silently there for, on that one because he hole shots every time. He's, he can finish top four in every moto from here on out. And I feel like that may do some damage because I do, I, do I do think we will see crashes at some point. I mean, we've already yeah. kind of been it. Sewer crashed out of Latvia three, two, three, three. A uh, cold enough crashed out of Latvia two. Um, remind me, remind me what happened to Jeremy in Falconsward. Uh, his back brake broke. I think his back brake, uh, his front brake was getting stuck on. Something like that. Okay. So yeah, I mean that's the the one what's been crushing him because he only picked up seven points. Yeah, like or even if you give Sewer his um points back from the Latvia crash. Say, give him 18 for a fourth. He probably would have been third or fourth. Even add those in, and he's right there. Like, right there. But you can say that about everyone, because everyone's had, everyone's had bad luck now. Obviously, Hurlins has had the worst luck. But Caroli's first Latvia, he had a 17th. Um, Guys has had two bike problems. Well, he's had actually one DNF with a crash, one DNF with a bike problem. Uh, Sua had a DNF with a bike problem, and then DNF with a crash. Prado had a DNF with a bike problem. Well, actually, no, he didn't DNF, did he? He finished, but didn't score points. 
Cold enough had a DNF with a crash. It's actually Jazza Conis who's been the most consistent out of everyone. Yeah. I almost don't want to put... The reason for giving guys at a higher percentage is I'm kind of basing it on that crash aspect. I do feel like there will be crashes and I feel like he is most likely to bounce. Well, he's proved that he can bounce. That's kind of why I'm giving him 5% Morgan and Caroli because I'm like, well, if Caroli crash... If, say they both have identical crashes... I guess I would bet on Geyser salvaging a sixth. Whereas I don't know what Crowley would happen because Crowley's a little more fragile. Well, everyone's more fragile than Geyser, but Geyser Banks is better than a crash test dummy. Exactly. So like that's that is that that is literally the one reason why I've given him more than Crowley and not the same percentage or not less. Like he's actually seven points down. It's purely because I don't see what could necessarily go wrong for him. I mean, a crash can go wrong, sure, but if he bounces back up, it's not that big a problem. So, going into this week, uh, are we, do we have any, apart from Jeffrey, do we have any uh, riders in MXGP missing? Um, yeah, I'll have to come back to you on that. I've got a list somewhere, but there's too many to list at this point. We've got like 20 riders injured. Jesus. Okay. Rolled um, over, in it. No, I don't know. Sue is more of a factor in this championship than everyone's given him credit for. Third well, he can, is a lot. He has, the, he has the ability to take points from, from everyone. I guess the question is, though, he's 30 points behind. So how does he make those up? Because can he go on a 1-1-1-1-1-1 streak and just cut the points away? I don't know. So does, to, for him to make up those 30 points, does he need to be consistent and then rely on Karolian guys are making mistakes? Probably. But then, uh, I was going to say Sue has been pretty good out the gate as well, but not necessarily. There have been a few black spots, like the second Fienza, that second Moto, the start cost him. And that was a seventh, I believe, whereas it could have quite easily been a, another win. And then that would have changed the points completely. So, But I still think, even with Hurlins missing at the moment, you, you can still see Crowley Geyser and another rider still getting fifth or sixth. Oh yeah, sure. and and they're dropping nine, ten points a time. This is why I'm. This is why I'm not ruling Prado out when I know for a fact a lot of people either are or have. He he gets a whole shot every time. That's happening. Try you can't convince me otherwise. So that means he then avoids a lot of carnage. That means he's in a better position than anyone else at the start of each race. And. Truthfully, with what we've seen speed-wise and also how much better he's going to get because he is still building, but like he's not there yet. I don't see how. if he, I, I would almost put money on him being top four, top five every single moto for the rest of the year. And that could work. Yeah. Like, basically, if Sewer wins the title, I will not be surprised at all. Will not even... Won't be surprised. If Prado wins the title, I might raise my eyebrow slightly, but I would be like, well, I could see that. Yeah, I saw that. I could see that coming. Everyone else not in those four, I would be like, Jesus, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if you can agree to be back to cold enough to win the title originally. Well, I, I don't know what's happened this year. Mm, uh, uh. Strength. I need to show my strength. No, neither do I. Do you? 
Because I thought you were a journalist. Well, this is what he does. I can provide the tapes from previous podcasts if you like. Is it a bike issue? But what? Is it... What are you talking about? Training? What? <laughs> Why are we not seeing the best of him? I, I can't. I can't. I can't. Cope. This is a multiple GP winner, isn't it? Well, yeah, factually, yes, but oh, I don't. Honestly, you people. Coldenoff wow. having a good year. Coldenoff is having a good year. He's already won a GP. Good. That was a phenomenal ride. He's been in the top 10 every single race except for that one EDNF. Solid. He's been there every single session. He's not. He's been right there on the brink every single time. That is good. That is a good season for Coldenoff. Is there potential for more? Sure. Mantova? Good for him. Lommel? Good for him. So, could more come from Coldenoff? Yeah, for sure. Maybe there's another GP win coming. But this is a good season for him, I am saying. Whereas the rest of you people will tell me that he's underperforming. But this is a good season for him. 52 points down. And as you mentioned, Mantova and then Belgium. He could actually start to bring, you know, a, a points haul in. Well, are you going to give him percentage for a title win? No. Not even 2%. Whatever I say is going to be wrong anyway. Look how much I've got wrong so far. Well, yeah, but everyone, I said Herlings have won the title. I will say this. Um, I will say that anybody from seventh up has a genuine shot at putting together a run. Yeah, a run? If Coldenoff is on the podium at all three Mantovers, would I be surprised? No. No, but as, as what I'm saying is a run for the title. Eh. Those, those seven riders there have the potential. Yes, yes, they have a potential. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I think for February, Orlan, Dassel, and, and so on, I think is... Mm. You, want, you want to know what the real elephant in the room here is that no one's spoken about? Go on. Fevra's missed. Fevra completely missed the first two rounds. Two rounds, yeah. Give him what would be a normal... Give him a ninth in each of those motos, which we all know he would have done better than that. That's 48 points. And if you gave him an extra 48 points right now, he It'd would be... be please hold, please hold, please hold. Fifth. Fifth. Four points behind Sewer. And like I say, that's given him a ninth in those first five, uh, four motos, and I'm pretty sure we're all convinced that a healthy Fevra can do better than that. Yeah. So, so you're correct in that he is having a good season. Yeah, I'm still waiting for more, though. Like, I'm not... I'm, I'm a bit disappointed in the sense that I expect and I believe there is even more in him. Like, there were a couple of times in Faenza when he was in position to make a run for the win and it just didn't really happen. There was a few times where he petered off towards the end of the motos and I was kind of like, oh, that's a bit disappointing, but his times are good. He's definitely got the speed. I just don't know why it's not coming together over the full moto, but I do think he wins before the end of the season and I think I've said that all along. Okay, well, hold on now. The first half was brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prop Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB 7, Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, and of course, Talon Engineering.
the industry leaders in aftermarket wheels and sprockets, teams like Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna Factory Racing in the USA, Rocky Mountain ATV, MC, KTM, Build Base Honda, and more put their trust in the same wheels that you can get your hands on. Get more Talon information at talon-eng.com. And if you're looking for your Talon wheels straight away, head over to evenstrokes.com. They have a load of Talon wheels in stock, ready to ship, next day delivery. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out Liat.com for more. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 45 of the MX Vice podcast show. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. With all anodized internal parts and DLC coated inner tubes, internal friction is reduced to the minimum. By adding a mid-speed valve, the KYB factory kit spring fork can be adjusted over a much broader range. One of the extra features of this factory suspension product is a custom spring collar, which provides more front wheel control and increased comfort on jump landings. You too can experience the best in off-road suspension that is used by the likes of Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson. Head to technical-touch.com forward slash kyb-factory-kit-suspension-info for more information. Uh, one thing I do know is I really do need my suspension set up. Well, so, um, in like a month or two. All right, fucking hell, calm down. You haven't ridden in a year or two. Yeah, not, well, a year or two, more like five, but I own it. I, uh, I told the story to somebody the other day about you going to um, the KTM test, and they find it really, really funny. Yeah, I still never forget the, the, the rudeness that you gave me that before that to make me feel bad. 
It wasn't rudeness. It was I gave you a talking to. Basically, told you that you're ungrateful. Yeah, uh, still, I still think about that to this day and think like, how ridiculous. Yeah, but you fell for it, didn't you? And you actually went. Yeah, because so, that felt bad. Good. That was that was my intention. The fact that I was sending you to to Italy, riding Mansova in the wet, and then riding with Hurlins and Caroli, brilliant. And you fell for it. It was Majora. Whatever. Yeah, that one. Um, you got a Mantua on the mind, that's because it's coming up this week. Uh, as always, podcast shows brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, and Talon Engineering. I personally would like to thank everybody who is currently shopping on evenstrokes.com. If you didn't know, uh, shopping on Evenstrokes helps uh, MX Vice because uh, we set this up as uh, to come by a little shortfall this year in um, advertising revenues we were going to miss because we bought the business back late. And uh, Even Strokes is just doing that. I can't thank you guys enough for making the purchases that you have so far on Even Strokes. It's really cool to see. It's growing daily. It's a way of uh, you guys getting the motorcycle parts you want or, or gear. So thanks again to everybody. Uh, regards to competition prizes, we're a little bit behind on sending out T-shirts, so please bear with us. I wonder why are, that is. We are doing our best. What, what do you mean? I wonder why that is. Is that potentially because you're in charge of it? <laughs> you're such a prick. Honestly, take a day off of being a dick. True. Do you want to do this shit game or not? Yep. Back by popular demand. Um, I'm not. It's not popular demand. No one likes it. Everybody messages me each week. No one wants it. Yeah. So this is even strokes. Are you smarter than a birth? The game where I put five questions to James, and we see if he can answer any of them correctly. I'm not going to read out the sponsor spiel because um you just did a pretty good job of that. So fuck off! I want my five minutes. Your five minutes, five seconds, whatever. Read the thing. Uh, but you you've just kind of done it. Like, you... no, 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 I'm paying for this. I want it. Uh, but okay, please hold. I just deleted it. Brilliant. I I don't know if I want to carry on this sponsorship anymore. Even Strokes is an online shop with a range of offers on Talon, Fox, Shoko, Prox, and more. Be sure. More. It, no, don't. Okay, no, we're done. Because you, you do that stupid thing every week. But no, no I don't. Yep. I'm just giving it more emphasis. What's wrong with you? Right. You have, I'm not getting value for money here. Five questions. You have to get four of... This is, this is interesting this week. Five questions. You have to get four points to pass. However... What? what? It was three last week. No, it's always been four. But it's bloody free. You said free's good. Before you complain <sighs> that you can potentially win seven points this week. You're a massive shit. I'm still rating you out of five. So I'm giving you basically a bonus bonus points to help you along the way. I'm already confused before I start. Well, that's fine. I'll, I'll explain if you've won at the end or not. Okay, you ready? Yeah. There's only ever been one British winner at Mantova. Who was it? I will give you one bonus point if you can name the class they were in and one bonus point if you can name the team they were on at that time. Uh, Tommy Cyril CLS, MX2. Wrong, wrong, and wrong. <laughs> the answer was Max Anstey, 2015. Oh, Dixon. Yeah, Dixon, MX2. I think I was there as well. That's no, you weren't. We didn't. That was our first year of GPs, and we didn't go to that one because, for some reason, 
the flights were like a grand each, and I still to this day don't know why they were because I got flights <laughs> for this weekend for like hundred pounds. <laughs> um, okay, rough start, but we'll move on. You've you've just blown an opportunity to get three points, man. Oh fuck! No one cares. Fuck off. Seven riders have led laps in MXGP this year. Oh, I forgot to mention, all of these questions have, well, not all of them. Most of them have an Italian theme. Seven riders have led laps in MXGP this year. Name all seven. What's Max Hansi got to do with Italy? It was Mantova. Hang on, what's Max Hansi? It was Mantova. There was only oh, what, so you sh- winner at Mantova. Are you saying answers are Italian then? No, I said some of the questions are Italian themed. Well, no, you just said it's themed. Well, not the whole thing, because this question isn't. Anyway, question two. Seven riders have led laps in MXGP this year. Name all seven riders. And what was it? Seven riders have led laps in Mantova? No, in MXGP this year. Okay, uh, Prado? Yep. Geyser? Yep. Caroli? Hurlins? Yep. Jeremy Sewer? Yep. Charles Aconis? Yes. How many more do I need? One. Koldenoff? Yes! What? Wow! That's easy. Well, I didn't... Yes, it is easy for a normal person, but your track record shows that nothing is easy. Come on, then. Move on, next. Uh, question three. Name the last two Italian tracks that have hosted the Motocross of Nations. Oh, uh, Majora. Yes. Last two. What was before Majora? That, you're on about the one in 2009? I cannot assist. Okay, okay one in 2009. I can't remember what it was called. Well, that's kind of the question. I need your name. I don't need your year. Well, I gave it a fucking year. Shouldn't I get an extra point for that? Our survey says no. Oh, your survey's bollocks. Have a stab. Have a stab. Okay, I, 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 I don't know. No idea. Throw a name out there. Ferrari. <laughs> I mean, personally, I would have just gone with an Italian town. French quarter. Oh, yeah. What? Who the fuck's going to get that? One point so far. Uh, no one cares. Okay, two questions. You've, all, you've already lost the game, unfortunately, because you need four to pass, and that's no longer. Should possible. we just move on to the next section then? Question four. Who has won an overall in the MX2 class this year? Name all of the riders that have done that. Who's won an overall? In MX2 this year. Name all of the riders that have done that. Okay, Gertz, Vial, um, Buarami, um, Gertz, Vial, Buarami, uh, did Van Moosdijk win one? I don't think he did. Are you settled on three? Yeah, three. Okay, you're wrong. <laughs> no, Maxime Renault got one as well. Oh, so I, had to, four. I had to try so hard to not burst out laughing. Rara May never won one. He hasn't even won a moto. Well, he should have. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I just I had to bite my pen so hard to not laugh <laughs> or give a debating moose dyke thinking <laughs> confidently that you had Rara May. Last <sighs> question. A broad question, this one. is many possible answers. I only want one from you. Right. Name... Actually, I only want two. You want two? He's just making his shit up as no, you go I along. I my question correctly. Name two of the riders 
that won an overall in Mantova before and including 2010. Any class, I will accept WMX, VMX, 500s, 250s, just two winners in Mantova before and including 2010. Well, uh, Caroli? That's one. One more. That's why I asked for two, because I knew that was an easy one. Damn it. Uh, Caroli. Um, Herlins. Um, EMX 125. Um, Surprisingly, well, not actually really surprisingly, no, because he turned pro in 2010. So, no. Uh, you could have had Geordie Tixia, EMX 125 2010. Uh, you could have had Musquin, MX2 yeah. 2010. Could have had Stephanie Lyre, uh, WMX. Uh, could have had Mark DeRuva. Could have had Josh Coppins. Could have had Mikhail Pichon. Could have had Monique Pavot. Could have had Trampas Parker. Could have had Andrea Bartolini. Could have had Mats Nilsson. Brilliant. I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> just It's just um, hindsight, isn't it? Uh, so, seven points up for grabs this week. You scored one. <laughs> <laughs> that's a personal record <laughs> you're such a prick uh, I'm actually going to be bringing in a new game next week somehow maybe your worst performance it, it, it was easily my worst performance yeah I actually don't care anymore I really don't care Well, I, did, I, I put zero effort into that I mean, as you can see I wasn't even excited I've never been excited I look forward to watching the replay of that Des Nations from Ferrari. Okay, yeah, I like that. Uh, there is a new game start next week. It's called Lewis Does TV and Music. Brilliant. So you're just copying my idea. Be original. Do so- try and come up with your own idea. Be original. Just do something new, exciting. I'll happily, I'll happily take the brunt of a game, but maybe try and do something new and original. Like, okay. that lyric. like that's a bit different to this this is just question and answer okay. Lewis answer. does film and music what? No, Lewis like... does film and music okay brilliant we won't be doing that because James will not will A forget and B not get stuff ready <laughs> such a dick I enjoyed right. that I, I didn't funny oh. enough uh, total just, just crap again um, waste of time absolute waste of time do you want to talk about uh, Iago Gertz? Because um, it was widely reported by some media that he had fractured his collarbone. Uh, if you like, are we done with MXGP? Uh, notable shout-outs to Tixier and Calvin Vlanderen. Uh, why? Or are you just plucking those out? Just, I think that they, demand, they deserve some uh, recognition for their performances this year. But you don't ever give them. Uh, Okay, fair enough. Because you only focus on the top three, so... Um, the top three? Yeah, you weren't mentioned 11 of 12. Okay. Point, so. <laughs> Sorry, was that 11 of 12, 13, 14? <laughs> <laughs> For those wondering what happened there, James tried to read out that Tixia's 13th in the championship and Vladrin's 14th, but unfortunately, he misread and said 11th and 12th instead. <laughs> right, smartass. Do you want to talk about fucking Yago? Yeah, I reckon I'm done on MXGP. We'll do predictions at the end. We'll talk a bit then. We'll talk a bit more. Cool. Yeah, so Yago crashed over the weekend. I think he was at Lommel. I can't remember where he was. And 
fake news people out there said that he broke his collarbone, which obviously would have been massive for the championship and changed the series as we know it. Uh, he's fine. Like, didn't, didn't break his collarbone. There is no news. He's fine. He's sore, but how many riders have been sore and gone on to win the next race? Like, he's fine. Is that sore as in, or sore? Sore. Sore. Okay. Sore. He's sore. fine. So that's it. Yeah. It's no news. Literally nothing to say. Gert's crashed. He's a bit sore, but he's fine. No injuries at all. Fake like, news? Huh? Fake oh, news? Fake news. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. It's boring. Like, you know what really grinds my gears? People copying all your work? No, not, that's not copy. This isn't, I don't know why you keep saying that. That's People this. waiting for you to do all the work and then just copying it and putting it out? No, I don't know why you're saying this. People taking all your work and translating it into different languages and carrying it off as MX Vice? People keep people just make up stuff and put it on a website and that's it. That's like done. Oh, brilliant. Great work. Like I, I really try hard to do the right thing. And there's just a lot of bullshit around. Why don't you just like knock it on the head though, mate? You could probably get like half your week back and just make up a load of shit. Well, like imagine I could like guys are signs for TM. Done. Bam. Moon MX2 Championship. He's moving to Jupiter next month. Bat. Like, easy, isn't it? Why don't you re uh, just rework some PRs and stuff? I don't know why you go into this all. I don't even think anybody reads your articles anyway. Nah. Oh, it just grinds my gears. Maybe that should be a segment. What yeah, let's do that then. What grinds your gears? I've got a story from earlier, but I don't think I'm, it's podcast worthy. Hang on, though. Is it motocross related? No. Yeah, so that's it. MX2, Gertz is fine. So the, the title fight rages on. I think he's, what, 21 points down? Yeah. Uh, again, again, we should probably mention two weeks ago. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Once again, we need to mention my predictions have come true. Uh, what prediction was that? How I feel like Gertz is going to make mistakes and isn't ready to battle for a title, as proven by his second Ienza uh, double crash in the uh, second moto. First moto? Second moto? But second moto. Whereas Vial crashed in the first moto at Fienza 2, got up, recomposed himself, and salvaged a fourth. Yeah, uh, stop I... tapping your pen. No one cares. Oh, I'm tapping my phone because, like, when am I going to get the recognition that I deserve? Well, maybe we can get a Rob to get, like, an, an applause button, which he can just press every time you think you got something right. I'm like thing. I'm, I'm like Jesus. Just brilliant predictions in every direction. But you touch a lot of people. No, just I'm just like bring I, you. I'm bringing my predictions to you, and I'm passing them out like Jesus. Like this will like this will happen, my child. Like, you know. I don't know if that's what Jesus said. Do you know much about Jesus? No. Did he say my child? Was that his, was his, was that his catchphrase? I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what his catchphrase was. I don't know what his catchphrase was. But that's what I am. And I'm like Buddha. So you've gone now from Jesus <laughs> to Buddha. I don't know. I'm like something. Um, anything else you want to talk about the title fight in a moment? Uh, you bet £50 on Gertz. Yeah, I'm still happy with that. Do you want to bank transfer me it or do you want to cash a transaction? Oh, no, 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 no. After, after Hurlins, anything can happen. But Anything can happen. They all look so composed and comfortable, but I don't see him screwing this up. Oh, no, he doesn't have to. Because you've actually predicted that he's going to go off and, and do this now, he will crash. 
Because I actually believe that you are bad like luck to a lot of riders. Okay. So you is this are you just gonna slander me for this entire podcast or I haven't. I think I've been quite nice to you. Slander? What are we talking about? Oh, MX2. Yeah, I just can't see the way that VR is gonna screw this up. And there's a lot of Gert Lommel hype out there. Like, well, we've just got to wait until we get to Lommel and then that'll change the world as we know it. But the app, like last year, easy to forget, last year we had no idea what the hour was about. Like no one knew what to expect for him. And by the time we got to Lommel, he was known to be good, had podiums in his pocket and all of that. But when we got to Lommel, I still had one eyebrow raised because I was like, well, we haven't seen him in deep sand yet. He's French. Like, what will he do? And he finished fourth overall with a 4-4 and was beaten by Prado, Vlanderin and Watson. So take out Prado and Vlanderin because they're not in the class anymore. Okay, put Gertz ahead of him because, uh, because Gertz actually DNF'd a moto. So fair enough. But if Vial's going to be top three in each moto, the swing isn't actually going to be that much. And I still wouldn't put it past Vial to win a moto around Lommel. Like, I don't think it will just be a Gertz wash. Uh, I don't know. Um, one thing I will, I will add in is I think Lommel, I think it'll play into people like Beaton. Uh, Van Moustite Watson Beaten uh, could... Beaten yes Beaten what Australia got a lot of sand is it uh, no but practice there quite a lot okay yeah. oh uh, he said this on my podcast didn't he that's why you said that uh, so and then you <laughs> and then you've got Comrade uh, I don't think it's going to be that simple um the one thing which I, which really impressed me and it was really good to see actually was um, Olsen being back up there uh, the weekend. Well, last obviously two rounds in Italy. Yeah, well, like I said, loads is kind of a, it's kind of a case of what could have been, but completely forgot. Do you want to talk about Olsen's deal because that's actually official? Yeah, which is great. Obviously, um, if if you guys haven't heard, then um, uh, he is going to be stepping up into uh, Ice One. And that's a two-year deal, I believe. Yeah, I was surprised. I didn't know it was going to. I knew it was going to. I knew it was happening. Obviously, I didn't know it was two years. Why do you think they announced it so soon? Why not? He's a Husqvarna rider, so there's not really. It's not like he's going from a rock star team to a monster team, and there's all that red tape to work through, is there? It's a sideways move, essentially. So there's no reason why you can't get it out there early. That's why I don't understand. Like, there's some riders' teams who just re-sign with the same team. And it's like, oh, no, you can't talk about it yet. And it's like, why? You're staying in the same place. Yeah, very weird. I'm not sure, I'm not sure why, they, why they do that, because it, obviously it's not going to be detrimental to... to well, I understand, obviously, if you're, going from a, if you're going from Rockstar Husqvarna to Monster Yamaha, because obviously there's a lot of change there and a lot of different companies and all that. So um, I get that to an extent, but like Olsen was known to be happening. Uh, Good for him. Good he got a spot. Obviously, stepping up from MX2. MXGP is a tough place to get a ride at the moment. So good that he got all that sorted. I'm still intrigued by the fact that he's replacing Jonah. So You do know that he's going to be better on a 450, though. Oh, yeah, but you, I'd say that about Watson as well. Yeah, like 100%. He, he, like we've seen with Prado this year, I, I fully expect Olsen to be top 10 next year. Fully expect. Yeah, top 10, yeah. Top 10 I'd say top 10 would be the lower end of what he would like to do. Yeah, I, 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 I'm really excited. He's, he's one rider I'm, I'm really excited to see. 
in um, in MXGP next year because I think he has the potential to really mix it up. To what extent? I think he's got the potential to really mix it up at the end part of next year to be in to be you know in and around the top five. When you think of the the build of him, uh, you know how how much he must have to watch his weight, cut his weight to stay on a two fifty. I think with the four fifty now he's going to be able to train better. He's going to be just be able to be himself. I think he's going to fulfill his true potential on a 450. What, true, yeah, but again, true potential. What are you saying? World champion? Like, well, not in his first year, no. no. But I do believe that over the next... Um, I think he's going to have a, a more prolific career on a 450 than he will do on a 250, even with the quality of riders what are in uh, MXGP. I, um, one thing that does like interest me is the fact that Olsen's replacing Jonas. Yet Jonas always beat Olsen in MX2. Yeah, again, it's, it's like basically couldn't. Sorry, Jonas could get put in Olsen's pocket. Oh yeah, but who cares? Olsen's like, huge. Yeah, but height isn't the be all and end all. We've seen loads of short riders be good on a 450. Like okay, Olsen's going to be great on a 450, but not just because of his height. Like it's not that isn't the. It's not that simple of just every, oh yeah, you're tall, bloody hell. Here's a million quid. Ride a 450 for me. Why, why do you think Jazakonis is 23 and on a 450? Yeah, but I, I feel like you're arguing you're arguing a greater point here. You're basically saying that Olsen's a slam dunk on a 450 because he's tall. Whereas I'm saying Olsen's a slam dunk on a 450 because, yes, his body comes into that, but also the way he rides, the like everything that comes into it, not just he's tall. Like he's been groomed by Husqvarna, so of course he's going to move into the factory team. Like You get what I'm saying? No, not really. I'm just saying that um, he's obviously too big, too heavy for a 250. So it, um, he has already reached his full potential on a, on a 250 because... No, 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 no. You can't... Because he, he could have been world champion this year. Yeah, could, yeah, could have been world champion, but he was injured. But... Yeah, exactly. So he hasn't... He never... He will... He never had... He never did and now won't hit his full MX2 potential because that could have really realistically happened. And like I've said before, sucks for him and Watson because they both been hit by issues this year and this was kind of their last shot and obviously they're both now starting to come around i think but um but again behind the scenes we you know two years ago we we got told by very good people within the industry uh who have won multiple championships and everything else that watson's better on a 450 than a 250 so it's like some 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 riders suit certain certain bikes uh, I can understand why they have to be on a 250 and, and, and everything else, but I think with people like Watson and Olsen, you're going to see a different type, you know, you're going to see a better rider on a 450. Yeah, yeah, I agree, but, but not be, but because they're good riders in general, like not because they're just tall. Like not, I'm not solely basing this on body type. But you, you have to understand that it is easier if you're lighter and smaller on a 250 than it is on a, on a 450. Yeah, I'm aware, but I'm not arguing that end of the stick. I'm arguing the other end of. I'm not. Where are you arguing? I don't know. I don't know. I'm a, a boring me, boring me, boring me. This is what happens whenever you can't get your your point across because you're wrong. I'm not. What? I don't. Um, well, how are you, am I wrong? I think you're just picking fights for the for 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 radio. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so Olsen's Olsen's Rockstar Husqvarna, which opens, which means Jonas is now on the market, and I would say Jonas is gas, gas. No, Koldenoff we know is on the move. We think, yeah, but 
So now, as far as true free agents go, I feel Jonas is the biggest domino to fall. Gas gas. He'll be gas gas. Gas gas. There were KRT rumours starting to pop up. Gas gas. Jonas is the most... um, Gas gas rider. Yeah, brilliant. Jonas is the biggest domino to fall in the rider side of things. When he goes to gas gas. Okay. Man who hasn't been to GPs has been told something and now wants to shout it nonstop to feel like he knows something. Jonas is the biggest rider domino to fall on the rider side of things. The biggest seat domino to fall is who will be second rider at KRT. Like, that's the one that everyone's talking about at this, talking about at this point. Okay, well, DeSalle's not going anywhere, is he? No, but I've heard that maybe they might do free riders. I don't know. Well, it, I don't know. I can't. Well, who else, who else are they going to have? The, the, who, who would step into that position if, if there's not going to be a massive salary there if they're going to run free riders and they're going to take on a rookie? No, but DeSalle's on a one-year contract, so we can't rule out that he's going to stay there. Like, like we can't rule out that he's going to move on. And equally, I've heard, like I say, I've heard there could be third um, thing. Like there's, as far as it goes, in Fienza, I basically heard every free agent linked to the Kawasaki seat. So that's the talk at the moment, is who goes there. Because realistically, I know HRC's lineup has been secured. Yamaha seems pretty done. Husky's now officially done. Stamp, Jazakonis and Olsen. KTM's officially done. Same as this year. Suzuki is doing great things somewhere in the world. Uh, and then, yeah, so base, uh, Gas Gas is up in the air, but I feel like you can make an educated guess on what that will be. Whereas Kawasaki, I feel like no one really knows what's going to come there. Is, is Flandern on a one-year deal with Gavin? Yeah, he's up this year. See, that's, that's a great... He, he, he's had a solid first year. And again, he's just improving all the time. You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't see, you, you know, maybe someone like him or Watson on um, KRT. Uh, yeah, I think it's worth a punt, but there's a, I don't know, there's so many riders available at the moment that you've got your Paul Lange, your Tonus, your Jonas, um, your Van Horbeek, Blandering, and people. Hmm. Like, yeah. but, but I don't know. I'm interested to see when we're going to start to hear more as far as announcements and stuff, because if we're, I guess it will be November now, because I guess everyone will wait till the end of the season, but it's starting to fall into place. There, I don't feel like there are many more answers to be had. I don't know what, like, I don't know what Geben are doing next year, like smaller teams like that. But as far as the factory teams, I feel like it's all falling into place now. Yeah, well, I think, yeah. It could be um it could be interesting where some of these the fringe riders in between are they good enough for factory and um you know who sit in between that factory and support. It's, it, I think there could be a bit of a shuffle um this year. What as far as um non factory riders moving into factory seats? Uh well Will you made a good point of where whether KRT might run three Kawasaki riders. Will gas gas extend to three like they did with uh, Max? Um, what was in 2018, 19? What? Running three riders in MXGP. Oh, yeah, that was 17. But that was a. 
Gas Gas will stay two riders, I believe. Because they were gonna because there was a chance they were gonna run the MX oh it was a chance standing that being the MXGP team currently was gonna mm-hmm. run the MX two team as well this year. But obviously that didn't happen and that went to Diga, which um so Gas Gas seems pretty set on two riders. Okay. So so in um in Fianza you didn't hear many rumors then? Well, no, I've, I heard lots of rumours. I've just, t- I've, I've, I can't just spill them all, no. I've spilled the com. I've, I've, I've told you most of them. That's I've what told people. Listen, that's what people come here to listen for. Listen yeah, to given, I've given you quite a few there, but there's, there's, those are all got some good sources behind them. Hold on, what, hold on. What have you given us? Hmm? What, what have you given us? Well, you I haven't given us anything. You haven't given us anything. Yeah, I've given you quite a lot there. No, no, no. Trust me. I've been here for the last 10 minutes and we've not given away anything. Yeah, so I said KRC seat's the one that everyone's talking about at the moment. Jonas has been in. There's now rumours of Jonas going there, but I'd bet he'd go to Gas Gas. Uh, I said that I'm pretty sure Coldenoff will be on the move. I said that I said that Husky's done, KTM's done, Honda now seems to have their lineup sorted, Yamaha seems to have their lineup sorted. So now all the focus is on the KRT second seat. Like, why not? So Yamaha sorted. Who's at Yamaha? Well, I can't say that yet because it's not confirmed. But I, I, I don't know if it's done, done. But I feel like it's on its way. No changes at KTM? No, I've just said that like 10 minutes ago. Okay. Who's final sorted? Yep, brilliant. We've got that. Gas Gas? We've just talked about that. Jonas is, link, is heavily linked and I would bet money on that happening. Okay. The second seat at Gas Gas is a bit of a mystery as well. Like a real mystery. But I wouldn't be surprised if Monticelli sticks around. Okay. So um who who would have who so you see Jonas as being a number one rider next year? Yeah, and why not? Jonas is a brilliant rider. I feel like Jonas is really being undersold. He's not like, being undersold, he's just been forgotten. I just feel like he's not getting the credit he deserves at all. Jonas had p- multiple podiums last year. Yeah. I I agree, but he's he's been forgotten. Yeah. But you going like you just Hey, don't bring me into this. You just what Jonas would be their number one rider. Like I, I like Pauls. Yeah, but you asked that question because you were like, really? Whereas that isn't even a question in my mind because I'm like, well, why wouldn't he be? Well, neither of us run a motocross team, so there you go. Um, yeah, like you've all, all you've got to look at is Jonas and Sewer were on the same career trajectory, except Sewer didn't land on a podium once in his rookie year. Jonas did it three times, I think. So, like, Jonas has the potential to be just as good as Sewer is now. Or at least close to that. Okay. Right. Well, let's, on that note, while you're babbling on, part two was brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, and Talon Engineering. Did you know that the all new 2021 KX250 XC and KX450 XC will be coming to the UK? Get the cross-country motorcycles that have received specific XC tuning that encompasses the engine, suspension, brakes, wheel size, gearing, and Joro tires, size stands, and skid plates in the UK in November 2020. I'm actually looking forward to that bike. I can imagine Kawasaki just saying, James, we need you to represent the XC range. And it's okay. I'm here. That's what I'm here for. We'll be back in five minutes with Lewis probably giving away nothing else. That was just rubbish. I'm really, I want to apologize to everybody on City Season Rumors because that was pretty pathetic. 
We'll be back in five minutes to see if Lewis can vindicate himself. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 45 of the MX Vice podcast show. I'm James. Lewis is here. Just had a lovely debate on... What were we debating this? Oh, we weren't debating. Actually, you were telling us all about the insights. So you get paid all this money. You go off to a triple header in Italy and you don't give away sod all on city season. So that's where we were. That's what I remember. I would like to thank Fly Racing, who have redefined expectations and safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation in ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. Now, Jason and Max, if you're listening, I need to try this helmet. So if you can send one over to me, that would be absolutely friggin' fantastic. Don't send one to Lewis because he doesn't write. You, I feel like if you really want to get into the review game... I don't want to get in a review game. Oh, so why do you want a helmet? Because I need a helmet. Okay, so that's probably not going to work then. Why, not, why won't it work? Because they'll, if they give, people give product to media for, for, to review and for the message to be spread. Why do they need it reviewed? Rather than for you to use it and go, this helmet made me two seconds of that faster. No, I wouldn't put that. I'd put the helmet on, and if it looked good in my photos, and if it felt good when I'm riding, and I continue to ride and wear it, then that, what, what, that's great promotion. <laughs> okay. You, I, I, I will more than, if you want to get on, this tra- on the review train, I will more than happily 
help you, but you have to let me help you. I'm not going on your review train. Allow me to help you help yourself. No, no one wants to go on your review train. Okay, I just I can I can work I can mold you into what you want to be. Just I need you to work with me a little bit. No, you're not touching me. Okay. Last time we know what happened. Okay, brilliant. Huge thanks to Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, and Talon Engineering. So this week, Lewis went on a date with a girl, and that is your Planet Moto bombshell of the week. All the factory teams head to Spain for riding where the weather and conditions are perfect. You can too. Planet Motor Holidays provide accommodation, meals, transport, and more. An eight-day holiday costs just £845. Visit planetmoto.co to find out more and book one of the available slots in October or November. How was your date this week, Lewis? I... I... I I don't know what we're doing anymore. Did you get to first base with her or second? Let's rattle off. Come on, let's move on. You have your joke book of free jokes. Pages must be getting a bit worn by now. I'm not joking. Your mum told me you went on a date. Oh, brilliant. Okay, move on. Well, um, do you want to go to questions? That's what we're here for. If you don't want to talk about your date this week? We're here for questions. This week's questions, as always, is brought to you by Liat. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Did you know that Liat neck brace is proven to reduce the risk of serious injury by up to how many percent, Lewis? 47, I believe. Well done. Did you know that it's highly adjustable to fit riders of all levels? Redefine your limits with confidence and choose Liat, the sponsors of this Ask Vice Anything segment. If you're listening to this later in the week, head to Liat's social media to see something extremely impressive that they have worked on. <gasps> What's coming, Lewis? What is coming? I can't say because it's not later in the week yet. Jesus Christ, Lewis. Is there anything you're going to give away on this show? I'm, I'm, on a, I'm on an embargo. God. The information is embargoed, but if you actually, it'll be on MX Vice's social media as well. Probably by the time you get to this point in the show, it will be out on MX Vice's social media. So just a heads up for you. Um, cool. I'll go ahead over there and check it out. Is it new goggles? I'm on an embargo. Okay, what? so they've got goggles. Okay, brilliant. Question. They've got boots. Questions. They've got helmets. They've got gear. They've got armor. <gasps> I know what it is. Okay, questions. I know what it is. Uh, right, okay. Uh, at Dive MX, after watching AMA this past weekend, I was thinking how good it would be to have the MXON at Millville sometime in the future. What track that hasn't been used in recent years would you like to see host MXDN in the future? A few people said uh, Millville. I quite like that idea. Yeah, Millville's on my bucket list of tracks to go to. I would, quite, I would really like to go there. And I, do, I don't know what the surrounding area would be like. like. Obviously, to in order to host for nations, you've got to have hotels, a lot of land for parking, all of that stuff. But I would be all over a nations at Millville. I'd like to do Red Bud in the dry. Although we've done Red Bud, I feel like we haven't really done Red Bud yet. So no, we got, we got cheated. It was an absolute golf course on the Friday. Beautiful sunshine. Track was phenomenal. And then what the hell happened? But anyway, what other, what other tracks would you like? I don't really know. I feel like we cover some... A lot of people say Argentina, but I don't think that would feel like for nations. So I wouldn't want that to happen. Nah. 
that yeah. would feel very weird. That wouldn't just that just wouldn't have the same feel of the nation. Really, it's just American track. No European tracks. I can't really think of any. Majora is great. Erna is great, but we do those. There's a reason we do those. I reckon bring back Farley Hungerford. I'd like to do. I'd like. I would like. I never went to the Bud's Creek Nation, so I'd like to do that because that was very, very good. I was there in two thousand seven. Um, very, very good. Maybe somewhere like WW would be quite cool. That would be a cool track for the nations. Actually, viewing isn't great, but that would be a good track for the nations. I think. I'm just trying to think. We've done Latvia. We've done. I think Udavella be quite cool. No. Really? No. Okay. Tushin Tao I like, but we obviously we've been there and we're joining. I can't imagine Udavala having the nations like it's too I, there was talk. It was actually pretty close. It's too um tight and like the ground's not great and the park it like it's I just can't picture it. Do you know it's a million euros to host the nations? That's how much you have to pay Ustream. One million euros. Hmm. So if I win the lottery. We're going to Farley Castle. Next question. At Masters MX 2013, what is the chance ability of spectators being the chance ability of spectators being let into any of the Lommel races? I am. Um, Have you heard anything? Only good things. Because when we were in Latvia, there was a Belgian like spike, I guess, in coronavirus or something. Yeah. I've, oh, I've never heard a bad thing about, oh, Lommel's looking sketchy or. I believe there will be like spectators. I would be shocked if there isn't. Maybe only a thousand, but they're, they're selling tickets for Mantova and for Trentino. So, wow. Okay, that's cool. And from um, what I've seen, I think Italy's COVID cases are similar level to Belgium. So, if it's perceived in the same way by the government, then maybe that maybe it will be a thousand around. But I, it seems all systems go for Lommel. Spain. It seems all systems go for Spain as well. So. But that will be no fan. I'll tell you what would be interesting was given the government with all the restrictions what's being put in place today and the rising COVID, I would have thought that even if they got the uh, nations going this year, I think it would have been pulled this week. Well, I guess so. I think they would be. I think because of, of having a big sporting event like that, or they just have it behind closed doors. So it's probably a good job that it didn't go ahead. Okay. so. I'm hoping that Lommel goes ahead. I really want to make uh, my debut at the question of fans. Yeah, but I don't even know if I can get in uh, as media. I think I might have to rely on um, on going as a, a spectator because at it, it, the moment there's even massive restrictions on media. Yeah, but it's not like say you hope Lommel will go ahead. Lommel will go ahead. I strongly believe that. It's just a case of. How many? And I do believe there will be spectators. It's just a case of how many. No, sorry, let me rephrase that. I wasn't saying that Lommel wouldn't be going ahead. This is not fake news. I'm just saying that I hope we go ahead with spectators. Yeah. You, you, you see what I mean? I, yeah. I wasn't saying that Lommel's not going ahead. I, that's fake news. I'm saying that it goes ahead with spectators because then I can be one of them. I'm just glad we cleared that up. Yeah, same. Yeah, cool. Uh, what was that? What? Oh, sorry, I thought I heard a whistle. At Chris United 93, uh, with Muse taking a... Con have, you actually, have you actually typed these questions up? Or have you just copied and pasted them? Copied and pasted them. 
Okay, we've Mu's taken a consist step up in Italy. Consistent step up in Italy, that, that should be. Uh, we have seen the impact that Stephen Soar's work has had on him. What is the best impact of a mentor you have seen over uh, your times watching MX, respectively, as more ex-riders seem to be becoming to the forefront? Deruva, Vertani, etc. You, you, you might need to read these uh, before you actually give them to me. Okay, I can read the rest of them if you like. No, I'm, I'm just saying it might, you just might need to sort of, you know, you know check them. Okay. Just, thanks for that. So, obviously, you had... Uh, you were really impressed with Deruva at the Nations. You got to speak to him a little bit uh, and, and got to see the work he'd done with actually the UK team. And that kind of changed your whole perception in on Mark Deruva. Not changed my perception. Yeah, that makes it sound like I was saying he was bollocks before. Yeah, you did. Okay, brilliant. No, Deruva, Deruva is very good. And I think his track record shows that. Like, Obviously, he gets a lot of attention now for his FNH days or his FNH, current FNH days. But if you look back at what he did with Jonas in his title-winning year, that often gets overlooked. But Deruva did really good things with Jonas. Sword's really involved with Conrad as well. Like it's not a Sword show like gets a different flight, shows up Sunday morning, does what he needs to do, and then leaves. Like he really works with Conrad a lot on every aspect, for as far as I can make out. So that is actually quite a good partnership as well. I just hope that Townley is going to end up in GPs at some point with Walsh because I've got questions for him. Because uh, he, he did mention that he was working on his starts with, with Tangley. Where'd you get that? Uh, got it from fake news website, Copy Jaw Work. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. Deruva's, Deruva is kind of the benchmark at the moment. I strongly believe that, and I've said it before. FNH having Deruva is a huge uh, string to their bow. Do you think more teams can... Um... You know, should be looking. I mean, they're investing a lot of money in these riders, a huge amount of money in these riders. And I guess riders who on who are on um, good salaries could invest in themselves by bringing in coaches and stuff. But uh, it would be good to see more teams because the value of what somebody like that can bring to to those riders uh, could be huge. Yeah, but it's just different. Like FNH is a young team, like with so like it works well there, but um, like. Well, to be fair, like, oh, um, Husky has it with Rasmus, like he's team manager, but he also works with the riders as well. I'm trying to think of other MX2 teams. Diga has Joel Rowlands. Um, yep. KTM has Smets in that sort of role. Smets does a lot more, I think, but he's kind of there in that position. Yeah, so I get everyone does have that sort of person, to be fair, in MX2 at least. You don't really need it in MXGP as much. But that there are a lot of those positions in the palette, just not a, like J Joe Rowlands' work doesn't get as much attention for whatever reason. Uh, I'm sure it will do as soon as the Diga riders start to make more waves, then more of a spotlight will be put on what he does with them. But yeah, there are definitely there are more more of those roles in the paddock than you would think. Okay. At Kieran Moss 16, if you had unlimited budget and was to start an MX2 and MXGP team. What bike would you pick and what four riders? Oh, God. Are you going to go with Suzuki? Well, obviously, you'd say KTM, wouldn't you? But I feel like if you're Yamaha, if you go Yamaha, you've got more chance of getting like factory support. So maybe I'd go strategic with that. Yeah, I think, uh, I think if you've got unlimited budget, 
then you wouldn't actually need any support from the manufacturers. So oh, that's one thing you've got to think oh, of. Oh, yeah, well, I'll have KTM then. So, yeah, with... Um, I mean, obviously, I'd probably go Kawasaki uh, because they are the greatest brand in the world. Uh, they've produced a, an amazing 2020 KXF250, which I am a proud user of. And uh, I cannot wait for the 2021 to drop with the, the obviously, the electric start, the hydraulic clutch. Um, I could go on and on and on about how great my Kawasaki is. So I would go with Kawasaki. I guess we're going two MX2 riders, two MX, uh, MXGP riders. So I, I would... questions because there's too much. Like, you need, I need more. Like, what's my budget? Am I Because, right, like I say, right now I'll just sign Herlins and Geyser. If it's a five-year deal that I'm signing these riders to, then I'll go for Sewer and Prado. Okay. Uh, I, would, I would literally go Kawasaki, and uh, I would fly Mitch over uh, from PC to literally work on the, the bikes. I would probably just say to him, forget what's going on in America. You're needed here. You know, get him in. Get him involved. Build some absolute rocket ships. And um, I don't know. Maybe I'll go with... Um, I'll actually pay David Luongo. Uh, if I've got a limited budget, I'm going to pay David Luongo £10 million to literally get rid of the under-23 rule. I'm going to bring back Tommy Searle on an MX2 bike. And I'm going to pay him three million pounds to win the MX2 World Championship. Then I'm going to pay everybody a half million pound bonus if they finish behind Tommy Searle. About the level of answer I'd expect from you. <laughs> I put a lot of thought into that. I thought it was, I thought it was good. I zoned out. Right. Okay. Serious answer then. Who, who are you going with? Well, I don't know. I said I said there are Silver and Prado. That would not be a bad team. Sewer and Prado and MXGP. Okay, who are you going with uh, MX2? Looking ahead, Sewer's contract of Yamaha is up next year, at the end of next year. Yeah. That will be interesting, because if he keeps trending like he is at the moment, I would presume a lot of people will want that signature. Uh, do you know what? If I had unlimited money, I'd give it to you to make your dreams happen. Next Brilliant. Question. Thanks for that, Kieran. Uh, at Hank Jan Lewis. Do you think that JH84 is coming back at the races this year? Um, I actually meant to say this earlier. The, a lot of people were talking about, oh, when Hernans comes back, I do not believe he'll come back this year. I don't do see you think, it. You think he's done for this year? That's it. Why would, why would you come back? What is like, he had a real scare. We're doing triple header. Like, it's not a normal year anyway. It's not like there's value in getting him to sign autographs and like being at the right, like, just take the rest of 2020 off, come back in 2021 when hopefully it's normal and go again. Like, I don't see why on earth you'd want him back this year. Like, there's nothing, I feel like there's too much risk and not enough gain. And to be fair, I, when I spoke to Dirk Grubel on after the last Fienza, he even said kind of the same thing. Like, what is a, there's no point in coming back this year. No. But obviously, officially, at the moment, he's only out for Mantova. Like, nothing's been said beyond that. So, At Mark underscore Faraday. Hey, Mark, how are you? Do you think after a massive, potentially life-changing injury scare, plus all his previous injuries, that Hurlins could actually retire? It, no, he will not retire. Would I be surprised, though? It was a real scare. I, this is not me saying he will. I don't. He is not going to retire. He'll be back next year. 
But if he did, could you blame him? Not at all. At Peter AL171. Al. Well, um, I, I kind of said the same thing, which is at Peter AL171. I didn't know that we're now pronouncing Twitter. Oh, we could just spell, well, I mean, if you want to spell everyone's name. Okay, so, um, okay, uh, Cradori. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right, thanks. We'll go with my way then. Do you think Antonio's knee could be a major factor in his championship? How, how serious is he? Well, he said it was kind of fine, but I kind of feel like we're one dab of it in the first corner again, like Latvia, then maybe it'd been a problem again. I can't remember. I spoke to him about it at the first Faenza, and I, if I could easily pull that interview up, I would, because that's kind of got all the answers. Yeah. Is that, uh, where, is that where basically he said he's got confidence when he's at the front, but when he's, when he's in, in a pack of riders, he hasn't got the confidence in the knee because he's worried um, someone's going to hit it. That's, he's never said that. Yeah, he has. No. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm pulling up the interview now. Oh, you pull whatever you like out, including your penis, but he uh, definitely said that. Uh, he said, the shoulder I'm really happy about. No problems at all. I really enjoy riding again with my arm and everything. My knee is bothering me a little bit. The one I twisted in the beginning of the season is a little bit better than the other one. I normally don't have problems with the other one, but since there's been some cartilage damage. After Latvia, I went to Belgium to make a scan, and there's quite a big problem. There's a quite big problem with the cartilage, which always leaves, leaves fluid on the knee. I need to wear a brace, particularly to bend my knee in a different way during the week. And also, there are some other things that I need to do. In an, early, in an earlier podcast, post race podcast you'd done, he mentioned, I think that was Latvia. Yeah, but that was, fre like, that was fresh. And also, that was over a month ago. Okay. This is my biggest problem at the moment, which is not really a stability problem. It's more of a pain problem. And then I said, is this a thing where at the end of the, knee, end of the year, you're going to need surgery on your knee? Or will it just get better with time? And he said, I'm trying to do some therapy with some PRP, which is something new to remake for cartilage in the knee. Normally, it works well with younger people. We are trying everything. It's not really the case to do a surgery yet, but we will see. Because if I keep riding like this, I cannot run anymore. And then we talked about this on the other podcast, how he's trying to figure out an alternative cardio to running, because that's all he's ever done. Yeah, so he was trying cycling, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Oh, I need to cycle and do a lot of other stuff, which I'm not used to. Yeah. Okay. But will it be a problem? If it continues like this, no, I don't think so. But I guess it, you're always one dab away, aren't you, from something going wrong again? So right now, he seems to be in a good place, or at least a better place than he has been for a while, because even at the beginning of the season, he wasn't fighting fit at all which is actually remarkable when you consider where he was at the start of the season to the fact that he's now leading the championship it's quite a nice little turnaround for him yeah this yeah great great um great couple of results in like I say what one win world title sorry he could get his 10th world title like we are on the verge of that yeah it's 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 within his it's down to him now to, you know, he's got every, every chance to, to, to equal Stefan Everett. So. Here's a question, but I was asking people in Italy, actually, because I thought it was quite a good one, good talking point. Okay. Pink or brown? He's on 91 GP wins. Right. Does he hit 100? Because time is, like, he is in the back end of his career. 
and Everts, oh, Everts really shouldn't have hit 101 because coming into his last season, he was no, he was nowhere near it. But miraculously, he won all but one GP that season, which just tricked him over the line to 101. And I feel like Caroli's going to be in a similar situation where he'll, I, like, I would say he'll 100% get to 97. But I feel like that one that one hundred mark could easily he could get really close and just miss out by like one or two, and I think that's really like that's actually when you think about it the real interesting bench racing question. It is uh, honestly I don't know how you sleep at night. Genuinely, um, at CR Dory. Oh, that's it then. You're not even going to address the question. Uh, well, I thought you were addressing the question, which I think you did. Well, all of us passed out from from your statos. <sighs> Did you want me to comment on it? I can comment on it if you want me to. I, I would, that's kind of why I raised it. Okay, no. Well, you don't think you can hit 100? Uh, well, you just said no. What, well, you, what, just what? Told, you just told me that it's, uh, you know, probably not going to happen. I didn't say it's probably not going to happen. I said I could see him getting really close and just missing out. But why are you leading me down a path and then telling me to change my path? What? You just said that it's going to be really, really hard. Next question. My God, I can't do anything right on this show. Well, yeah, I think he is going to get, I think he's going to beat 101. I think he's going to go. Oh, is it at the end of 2021? I don't think he's going to, re- oh, by 2020, yeah. 101, easy. Because like next year, I feel like this year you can bank on him winning what, there's 10 GPs left. I would say that him getting to 96 this year is more than possible. So at that point, he's at... Oh, is this GPs or motos? GPs. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to do it. If he, I think for him, like I said, I think him getting to 96, 97 is certain. I will bet a lot of money on that. It's just whether he can go that extra little bit to get to... Because, like I say, I think he can win five GPs or more, five more GPs this year. Which yeah, again, it's a weird old year because you can. It's not about winning and the actual rip motos. It's about being consistent, and that's what he seems to be doing. Well, if you're winning a two, winning a GP with a two-two does the same job in the record books. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I'll take it back. I'm so confused, but I think he'll do it. This is what I mean. It's a bloody interesting question because he's, if he doesn't do it, he's going to be so close. Like it, re, I, like that's where I'm at in my mind. He's either going to just go over or just be bit a bit shy. And the biggest, I guess, the biggest question mark... A bit shite? Shy. Oh. The biggest question mark that I have with it is whether... Basically, I don't know what's going to happen next year. I'm confident he can win five more at least this year, but I don't really know what 2021 looks like. So that's kind of where I guess my head's at. Okay. Do you think next year the Prado domination will happen? Well, next year, like, you've got to think. Prado will step it up. Sewer will step it up, I presume. Like, if Sewer continues on this trajectory... We don't know what 2021 looks like yet. It could be a, it could be a complete different landscape as far as results go because there are a lot of riders on the rise at the moment. Okay. Are you, are you happy that you've answered that question now in full? <laughs> it wasn't. I was just raising a point for you to think about. No, no. It's, it's, I just want to make sure that you, you feel that you've got everything off your chest. Yeah, feel free to move on. Okay. At CR Dory or Cridori with softer and maybe heavier terrain GPs coming up, does Coldenhoff 
have a very, very outside chance of challenging for the title. He is 52 points back from TC. Well, Colin, thank you for the question. Uh, Lewis, what do you think are, are Coldenhoff's chances well, of taking his title? Given that you are one of his biggest fans. See, this is where you're twisting, you're twisting things again. Interesting, because I raised this to you earlier, and you, you said 0%, no? Uh, yeah, I don't think... Um, but Well, I did say, yeah, because I gave uh, Caroli 30, Geyser 30, uh, Prado 20, 20, and Jeremy 20. But then when you look at it, and he's only, what, is it 50, 52 points down? Yep. That's nothing. I would... I, would, I feel like I might want to reserve 2% for cold enough. Like, I don't know who I'd take it off of, but I feel like I might, on my, on my stack sheet, I might want to... Yeah, but two, fair, fair, like if we think about it, it's a two percent chance of him winning a title is, is pretty much the same as a zero percent chance. Well, no, so as much as you're I'm saying not. giving him zero percent, you're only giving him two percent. That's what I mean. I, want, I feel like I want to. I don't want to rule it out completely because, truthfully, I actually have no idea what Koldenov's going to do in Mantua. As in, he if he's on the podium in every race, would not be surprised. If he continues on the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh trend, wouldn't be surprised. Like I'm actually in. Maybe one of the riders I'm most interested to see in Latvia, uh, Latvia, Mantova, because I don't really know what we're going to get. I know he was frustrated with um, Fienza. In what way? Well, just like didn't get the starts around there. It was just impossible to kind of succeed from that position. But Mantova is going to be a completely different story. Like we've seen some great battles there. Riders come from behind. Soil that suits Koldenov, but also suits a lot of riders. So I didn't man, like Mantova will be a very interesting week, and truthfully, it will shape things moving forward. Because after Mantova, we only have seven races if everything goes ahead. So we're really like that isn't far from the final stretch. No, it doesn't feel like we're at that point yet, but we we get in there. Okay, at Jamie Colbrook, six months later, and your plan of a couple of paracetamols ain't working. What do you suggest now for COVID? Also, any idea, any idea on Max's plans for 21 yet? Now, if um, anybody uh, is wondering what the hell this question is, it's because when we were in Valkensvard and COVID came out, uh, Lewis told everybody to take two paracetamols and get on with it. Not get on with it. I said, well, actually, yeah, no, I didn't think it. Yeah. Fair point. Uh, yeah, fair point. Uh, seems to be a little bit more serious than a couple of paracetamols now. But has anyone tried a couple of paracetamols? Yeah, I think they have. But... Oh. So yeah, Lewis, COVID is really, really messed you up, hasn't it? Is it is it your number one enemy at the moment? Do you think? I'm worried about 2021 at this point. What do you hate more, COVID or fake news? Probably fake news. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you hate more, fake news or the people behind fake news? Well, just same thing, isn't it? But it um. Yeah, I'm actually genuinely worried about 2021 now because I genuinely don't. It's all fun and games this year, but if this if 2021's all funky as well, I wouldn't really say fun and games, mate. I've got to be honest; it's not my choice of words. I would I'd put to the to this year. Uh, it's yeah, but you know, like I, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like we no one in tw in March of this year, no one really thought that 2021 would be affected, and I feel like. I'm now getting to that point where I'm like, uh, well, what are we doing in 2021 then? Yeah, well, what is going to be the magic? Because uh, like, you know. GPs are still 
say G, GPs start in March, first week of March, that's still uh, one, two, three, that's five months away, so that's still a lot of time. Whereas Supercross is three months away. So that's not like, like 2021 isn't far away at all in that respect. No, so I, I can see Supercross being behind closed doors. But then, like, maybe GPs next year goes back to a traditional start date of, like, the beginning of April, just to give an extra month. That wouldn't surprise me. Well, they must be thinking about that now. Like, and that Just to be give themselves that. some... Yeah, it, it'd make complete sense, given what we're... The uncertainty going forward. The fact this season's running later, that would also give everyone the normal off-season time. Like, we're in a month later, but we're starting a month later. What what's the update on Max? Because obviously, uh, you speak to Max quite a lot. Is he nothing official to say for twenty twenty one yet? So I guess we wait for that one. I any any approaches or talking to people? I don't know anything. So I don't really, I haven't really spoken to him about that. So definitely, there's been no one approaching him. I don't know. I haven't spoken to him about that. Uh, in Europe or America? I don't know. I haven't spoken to him about that. Honestly, I don't know what he wants from me. honestly, Jesus, just don't even give anything away. I haven't spoken to him about that. I messaged I messaged Max the other day because there was a funny video on Instagram. Okay. That was what the conversation, that's the last conversation I had. Right. One thing I will say is, is he mentioned, is he happy with his progress so far? Yeah, I think, well, that Iron Man crash was a bit of a setback, wasn't it? What, he, what did he say on Instagram? It was like riding underwater in um, Redbud, but... Uh, I think, feel like he's back on the right track now. And WW should be good for him. Obviously, he's been there before, which helps. Well, he's been to all of the tracks before, but being to Millville 10 years ago doesn't really help, does it? No. But he raced at WW. Uh, 20, what was that? That was 2017, wasn't it? Yeah, 2017, because he did something to his hand or something. There was there was something, I remember, because on, on TV, they showed him sat off to the side of a track. Can't remember what it was. And I, and I remember because that was the month that would have been a month before the Matterly Nations, and everyone was messaging us like, "Is Max okay for the Nations?" And obviously, it turned out he was, luckily, because the Nations ended up being the biggest day of his career. Yeah. So you, maybe if you speak to him next, maybe try and find out some information. Yeah, I'll get something for you. It'd be great because uh, that's kind of your job. Just throwing that out there. So the people want to know. That's why they yeah. message in and stuff. Okay, uh, at Ryan MX37, can I take over from James? Yes, absolutely. At Daniel Smith94, can I come work for you guys? Lewis, you're the boss. I don't think it really works like that. I don't think an Instagram message is enough. When I'm eventually looking for someone, I will pass on that relevant information. At Labida Bassi, Geyser is often referring to problems with goggles. Is he racing with goggle glasses? Yeah, I put this in. I don't have a clue what the last bit is about. Is he racing with Google glasses? Like, no idea what that's about. But I thought the first bit... Oh, was Google, not goggle glasses. Google, okay. I, I, that's copy and pasted. I had no idea what Labida Barsi's on about with that. Uh, but I put it in because I don't think he's had that many problems with goggles. But what this is coming from is um, uh, the second Fienza, first moto. His goggle strap just broke. And his goggles just dropped out of his helmet, which is bizarre. I've never really heard about happening. But I'm guessing that is the genesis of his question. But apart from that, I don't feel like I've had heard that much um, stuff about guys who are having goggle issues. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. If, if um, maybe if if you know something we don't, and and you want us to elaborate on it more, if you if you do have any more information about him wearing Google glasses, I imagine Google glasses was a joke of some kind, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's a real thing. Maybe he's got these new glasses which he can sort of oh, maybe like Night Rider, where um, he gets all like you know the speed and stuff like that. Maybe it's like lip pro, but in his eyes. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, we're not starting any rumors. No. I don't uh, want you to. Right. Fuck that's over. Uh, I'm glad you guys uh, could join us again this week. I'm sure you're glad it's over. Uh, Lewis, are you going back on what? Do you want to do predictions for Mantua? One? No, nah, I don't care. Let's do predictions for the Mantua Triple Crown as a whole. Like the okay, whole. That because was brought to you by Fly Racing, Liap, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko York, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson. KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, and Talon Engineering. Without those guys, we wouldn't be able to do this show. You still there? Yeah, I'm trying to say something, but you cut me off. Okay, what were you trying to say? Interesting thing about the Fienza triple header is Caroli had the most points across the week, but Sua had the second most and was only one point down on Caroli, which surprised me. Thanks for that, Stato. Any other ones? I was going to say, do you want to make a prediction for the Mantua triple header as a whole? It's hard to make a prediction across three GPs because obviously a lot can happen in that time. Well, when you start to look at what happened over the last three GPs with three different KTM riders winning, one getting flown to hospital uh, and being out for the rest of the year, possibly when he was leading by 50 plus points. I, I, I don't really want to make any more predictions anymore. I, I would say this. I expect a lot from Geyser in Mantua. I mean, who can forget the 2016 battle between him and Caroli? What about Olsen's progress? Olsen being on a podium in Faenza was ahead of time because he said all along, well, not all along, but he said in Faenza that Mantua was going to be his... The idea was, I don't care about results of Faenza because I'm going to build here and then by the time I get to Mantua, there I will battle for wins and podiums. So actually, this could get interesting because he can start stealing points from people. And also with um, with the trap base and everything else, you can't like like I said earlier in the show, you can't rule out people like Watson, uh, Van Moostijk, you know, Renault. Those guys are going to be good there as well. Oh, another interesting thing is the battle for third in the MX2 Championship is very much alive. Great. So huge thanks to uh, Rob from Jukebox Beats, Lewis, uh, MX Vice Editor. Anything else you want to add, Lewis? No, I don't really feel like you want me to say anything, do you, proper about motocross? Of course I do. Also, uh, we didn't pick a T-shirt winner, did we? I will pick some people and send out some T-shirts as a, an apology because Lewis didn't do his job properly. So thanks, everybody. Right, can I go now? Sure. Brilliant. If you do get a chance, uh, pop over to evenstrokes.com. We have the new Fox MX21 kit on the site. We will be back next week where Lewis will be all hot and sticky in Mantova and uh, ready to give us a breakdown of more stats. Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Metal Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Evenstrokes, Kawasaki UK, and Talon Engineering. I'm James Ass Lewis. Rob's here, just about trying not to fall asleep. 
We're out. We'll see you next week. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. The MX Vice Show. Show.